Good evening from the Pumpkin Patch, and welcome to the Jack Lantern Press podcast, where we discuss monsters and Halloween and Easter. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. Tonight's episode, Easter Horrors. The music you're hearing is by Frank Skinner from the opening of 1948's Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. And why, for an Easter episode, are we playing music from perhaps the best Universal Classic Monster Mashup movies of all time? Well, you'll know by the end of this show why. In the meantime, happy Easter, everyone, and everything. Um, For this episode, Tom and I took part in a monster Easter egg hunt where we looked for and collected cool monster items to devour and discuss. We'll first talk a bit about Easter, then we're going to dig into our haunted Easter baskets and share with you what we found. Does that sound good, Tom? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, cool. So... Easter, like so many holidays we celebrate, is definitely a hybrid of various beliefs and traditions, some religious, some not, but many kind of creepy traditions, if you think about it. So there's this article that I found about the history of Easter. It was on theghostdiaries.com, and I wanted to read the opening because I feel like it says it, it says it really well. So here goes. By the way, we're going to link this whole article um, in the show notes so you can read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the beginning, though. Few holidays are stranger than Easter. It's a mixture of ghosts, angels, giant rabbits, colored eggs, and pagan rituals combined with Christianity, Mardi Gras, and virgin births. If aliens ever land on our planet, we'll have a difficult time explaining it to them. Easter starts with a ghost story. After a celebrated man is brutally murdered, his body disappears from the grave. As a group of women approaches the tomb where he was hastily buried, two angels appear and tell them that the man has been risen from the dead. He later appears to one of the women, asking her to tell his friend that he's okay. That evening, he shows up once more at his friend's house as they are having dinner. He shows them the wounds that were inflicted on him and gives them comfort in his passing. In today's world, such an event would would have the makings of a great horror film. Fast forward to the current day and we add giant rabbits, colored eggs, and a bounty of chocolate candy and pink marshmallows to the mix. So I just thought that kind of said it all. You know, when we were talking about doing our book Transylvania Traveler and we had the the Happy Holiday Hollow and we wanted to include all these creatures from different holidays and you think well the Easter Bunny is not a monster but how is it not a monster it's a giant bunny um oh yeah I I mean that kind of that's that's kind of a segue that that goes into just your childhood memories of an Easter Bunny I mean, yeah, no, that's definitely true. Um, and whether it was scary or not, like if that bunny w- was was freaky and they I mean, could let's, be. Let's face it. I mean, if you see some of the bunny costumes that are out there, some of them, I think the ones that are more related to like uh, the Peter Cottontail with maybe the glasses and he kind of has like a, 
you know, a nice suit on or something. You know, those are a little bit more subtle, I think, where kids don't get as freaked out. But some of them are freaky looking. Like, they got, you know, the big black eyes with the, with the, with the little white pupil thing there and nothing inside to, like, give it any sort of, dis, you know, distinction of life. I mean, <laughs> there's... I actually, in, in, the, in the show notes, I have a compilation... Or is that what they call it? A compilation? However you want to say it. I think either way. I think it's like potato, potato. Halloween, Halloween. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a video of these kids that are freaking out about the Easter Bunny. And it goes from, I mean, most of them are really small kids. And then it kind of gradually goes up a little bit. And there's some older kids and whatnot. But most of them are pretty freaked out about it. And so when you, but when you look at the costumes, you you can't help to, but tell yourself, I would be freaked out if I was a kid, because some of them are freaky looking. Uh, yeah, no, there's definitely if you just do a Google search on scary Easter bunnies, there's some crazy pictures. It's like if you look up scary Santa Claus pictures, like there's some creepy ones of that too. Yeah, I mean, so but it, he has to be a monster. He has to be a monster. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. A giant-sized bunny <laughs> that has I mean, big you, teeth because they are. Do big you teeth. remember? They're not sharp, but well, they're not. They may not be sharp, but they're big. Still, though. I mean, they're big. Some of them tooth. are. I mean, they're, the bunnies are supposed to be these little furry creatures, and then all of a sudden, you got one that's life-size that is uh, is sitting there staring at you from across, waving. I mean, that's. That's scary in itself, <laughs> especially yeah, as yeah. a kid. Well, it's sneaking around, too. So that's the other thing. It's not like he's just out and about. He's sneaking around, hiding stuff. You don't even know what's in those baskets or in those eggs. Exactly. But there is... So there's another... There's a couple links I want to put in the show notes because I found this... It's a Peter Rottentail costume, which I feel like... I don't remember if I saw this this costume at Magic Mountain Fright Fest in one of the mazes or if it was at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights when we went into that Holidays in Hell, but it's it's the same Easter bunny and it's like an evil Easter bunny. They on this on these sites they call it Peter Rottentail and it looks pretty cool. Uh, so I'm going to link those in the show notes just so people can see. And you could actually buy them. They're pretty expensive, but... How much are they? pretty cool for sure. One was like 700 bucks. Another one I think was 400 bucks. <laughs> Holy cow. 500 bucks. Yeah. I, there's, there but they're probably still neat to see. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then of course, uh, if you read our book, Transylvania Traveler, there's a whole little little section on Easter egg farms where you'll find the Easter bunny and the Easter beast. And there's eggs that hunt you and monster McGregor's garden, Easter beast burrows. There's a lot of good stuff in there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely grown to become a holiday. That's more than just what, you know, it used to be. Well, I, I personally remember being terrified. And when I was doing, you know, research about this, I was trying to find, you know, other people that have written stories, um, that talked about, you know, like maybe their kid or when they were, you know, when they were a kid. 
And I re- distinctly remember, you know, one Easter. And I, I think I was a little bit older. It's not like I was like 13 or anything like that. But I mean, I was I was probably like four or five or something. And I remember standing there and I had a basket in my hand. And I was balling because there was this Easter <laughs> sitting next to me. And I don't know if you remember the picture, but I was trying to find I don't. it. Yeah, so mom sent me my baby book and I was frantically going through it trying to find this picture, but I couldn't find it. But I had that yellow basket yeah, and the yellow and one. I was standing there and I was, oh no, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the yellow basket. I was actually just sitting there in a, in a, in a suit, that blue suit and I was bawling because of that. Are you that sure you Easter. weren't bawling because you were wearing the suit? <laughs> Well, that's a possibility at the time. You hated wearing that thing. <laughs> I just know I just know for a fact that I do remember that and then I started thinking about myself and I you know, thinking to myself, I was like, you know, did did any of my kids, you know, have have issues with the Easter bunny? And they all did. You know, every one of them was frightened I from think the Easter Robert bunny. Robert did too. I can't remember if it was the Easter bunny or Santa Claus, but we have a picture where hey, he's probably like two or three, three years old. I don't even think four. And he, his face was like his mouth was opened as wide. It, it almost looked like a cartoon the way his, his mouth was open. So I, I don't remember if it was the Easter, but but it wasn't even a freaky Easter bunny. This costume, um, but yeah, I don't remember if it, if that's who it was or Santa Claus. It was one of the two. I don't remember, but yeah, he did. He was not digging it, and he didn't cry that much as a baby. So, yeah, he was not happy, though. <laughs> but, I mean, most people, like, I mean, obviously, even with Santa Claus, you know, kids will freak out and whatnot. But a lot of the times, I see more more kids freak out over the Easter Bunny than I do Santa Claus. And I, I don't know what it is about it, because Santa Claus can be freaky, too, you know, if you really think about it. I mean, it's this big it's guy with... It's a face, though. Yeah. It's a human face, whereas you're looking at this, this you know mask you know this you know, the eyes aren't moving he's got these big teeth yeah if you watch the if you watch the the video that we're gonna link you'll see this one where this this little girl she actually was doing pretty good she was sitting there and you know next to this bunny and this bunny was not even really trying to be fun like he had this this creepy wave and then he was just sitting there and <laughs> I mean, I was like, I can't believe this, this little girl isn't freaking out right now. You'll see when, when you, when you watch the YouTube video, but it, it definitely is interesting. And I was starting to ask other people, you know, before we, we put this episode together, I'm like, Hey, did your, you know, do your, did your kids freak out? And I, I would say that probably nine out of 10 people, uh, all said that their kids freaked out about the Easter bunny and, and less than half said, uh, that Santa Claus freaked him out. So there's something with it. And, and like I said, I think it's more of like the, uh, the human face versus the, the mask, the, the, the face, there's no life to it. So it's freaky. Yeah. That could definitely be, yeah, there's no life to it. Yeah. You're looking at a very unusual kind of egg from Cadbury that's only around till Easter. Its shell is pure, rich Cadbury milk chocolate. But look, inside sits a sweet, creamy yellow yolk surrounded by delicious white filling. Cream eggs from Cadbury. 
Why, they're the best wow. thing to come along since the Easter Bunny. And when he's gone, they're gone. All right, cool. Well, you ready to jump into our uh, our baskets? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So just so everyone knows, over about the last week or so, Tom and I went on a Jack Lantern Press type Easter egg hunt for some cool monster stuff. I personally found um, three things that I'm going to talk about that I wanted to share. About three. There's going to be like a couple things I add on to it, but mainly three things. Um, so I don't know how you want to do it. You want to do like a couple, then I'll do one or something like that kind of thing? Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. We'll go ahead and uh, and shoot. What, what do you have uh, first in your basket? So uh, the first thing in my basket is going to be a collection of Easter movies. Uh, we'll throw this in the show notes as well. I think it's pretty neat. Uh, so I was I was trying to find just anything related to Easter that was horror. And there's a site called allhorror.com. And on it lists movies from recent to the past. Um, so this list starts out, the first one is Rotten Tail, which was in 2019. I, I don't know who directs it um but it's called rotten tail and this guy on the cover you know he's he's basically a bunny um and he probably i'm i'm guessing because it says psychological slasher movie that he probably goes around and kills everyone campy uh, I'm assuming, easter and mutants yeah that sounds good it looks like it was a, adapted from a cult graphic novel um, huh. it says Rotten Tail is a story of geeky fertility researcher Peter Colt Cotton, who, when bitten by a mutant rabbit, transforms into a vengeance-seeking half-man, half-bunny. <laughs> <laughs> no one in or out until Project MR is complete. I don't have any projects called MR. I can't really talk about it because it's top secret. <sighs> Find out how to make more of these things ASAP. Yes, sir. Oh. Hey, how are you? You're gonna need to send help. Send everyone. It's not Peter anymore. It's Rotten Tail now. I am a rabbit man. I mean, not like a, a rabbit man, but a rabbit man. There is no such thing as a bunny man. Are you ready to see the Easter Bunny kids? Yeah! 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 Kill the rabbit! Bring me his brains! Man is still king of the jungle, and I'm King Kong. Well, that is one crazy story. Dude, I want you to take that mask off. Oh, on the house. The next one, which was in 2017, is called Bunnyman Vengeance. It's they they have on the inspired description that by it's a true events. What the hell? Yeah, it's so it's gore, survival, maniac, serial killer, urban legend. Dude, that thing, that thing got a 2.8 on IMDb. Yeah. A deadly advent yeah. the deadly adventures of Bunnymen continue in the third and final film. So they made two other ones. Jesus. Uh then two thousand fourteen there's the Bunnymen Massacre. 
which obviously is the same sort of monster. This one, he actually, well, I guess the previous one, he's sitting there with a chainsaw in his hand on both covers. So that, that goes to tell you something. Uh, 2014, again, there was another one called Beaster Day. Here comes Peter Cottonhell. <laughs> yeah, I mean that Peter Cottonhell. Yeah, Peter Cottonhell. Uh, it says I've it's never a comedy. Heard of any of these? Um, these have to be creatures. like straight to video, shot digitally or something. You know. Oh yeah, I mean can't. none of these are getting high ratings. This one, this one got a three point six. It says a giant bloodthirsty Easter bunny starts viciously killing the local town folk. I mean, you already know where this is going. <laughs> But it's just something you could watch. The next one's funny. Yeah, uh, 2013, there's one called Easter Casket. <laughs> Actually, this got a 6.3 on IMDb. Uh, yeah. And it says, all hell breaks loose when Peter Cottontail, a.k.a. the Easter Bunny, hears that the Catholic Church is about to do away with all Easter rituals not pertaining directly to the resurrection of Christ. And it kind of goes into this whole thing, so who knows where this goes uh then obviously in 2011 they had one called bunny men which was the original um same sort of thing this one's gore related and it shows like this woman at the story front. yeah story told a, a few times probably several times some screaming probably the next one too yeah 2010 easter bunny bloodbath Pretty much the same concept I hear. I mean, I, I definitely see a theme where it's an Easter bunny going around and slaying people. <laughs> so, uh, 2007, there's one called Cotton Tail that starts with a K. Uh, 4.3 on IMDb. Another research laboratory has long been working on genetic engineering without any trouble. That all changes one night when... Two would be an animal liberator set free free a test on a rabbit, and then obviously everything goes wrong. Uh, and then the last one on this list is from 1972 called Night of the Lepus. Not really sure what the heck that even means, but it's all about a giant mutant rabbit that terrorizes the Southwest. What? happened that night science made its greatest mistake what unknown terror was born that night what is the terrifying mutant that strikes from behind the shroud of night. That night. That night of the Lepus. A night of total terror, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. What caused the unnatural death destruction and panic that night of the lepus janet lee stuart whitman rory calhoun and paul fix night of the lepus kill one and thousands take their place what 
devil creatures growing weight and size every day are hidden behind the eyes of horror. What can stop them? Night of the Lepus from MGM. So, interesting lineup of movies. If you're interested in watching those, you could probably find them uh, somewhere. I would imagine, I bet you could probably stream them. I, I didn't check to see if you can stream them, but if you could find them somewhere, I mean, rent them. Why not? See if they're good, because it's all horror-related anyways. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. You can. I can't imagine they're hard to find just to watch for free, but who knows. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the first thing that was in my Easter basket that I found I thought people would enjoy. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go out, check them out, watch them. Tell us what you nice. think. A lot of love and care goes into making Easter baskets fun for your loved ones. And Care Bears can make them even more fun because a Care Bears tummy shows just what you're feeling in your heart. Care Bears are each sold separately. Give one to someone special this Easter and share your special feelings of love. Well, my uh, the first thing I found in my Easter basket isn't even Easter related. It's just a fun, uh, a fun horror thing. So first off, I I love short story anthologies, and that goes with books and films. I know a lot of anthology films don't typically do well. But I love like creep show and body, even body bags. I just, I like the short form stories. And, you know, I think a lot of the reasons why people don't like them is because there could always be like some that just were not as good as others. And then it just puts a damper on the whole book or the whole film. I just don't see it that way. I like I like being able to just take a story at a time, especially in a book, especially with my attention span. I, I often am interested in in something and then it changes. So like I could be into robots one day and then the next day into werewolves. So short stories work for me. So um, one of the the collections that I really enjoyed was um, something called 18 Wheels of Horror, a trailer full of trucking terrors. And they were all horror stories that took place in the trucking world, like, you know, uh, 18-wheeler trucks. And they did a sequel to that called 18 Wheels of Science Fiction. And it was such a specific type of story because it had to take place in the trucking world and there was something about that that I really dug so it wasn't just like an anthology of horror stories but that's not what I got in my Easter basket what I got in my Easter basket was um, two horror anthologies that I actually brought up in a Monster Mondays episode that isn't even out yet it comes out on Monday um, and in that episode, I said I wanted to check these books out. Well, maybe we recorded that episode before this one <laughs> and before I read these books. I haven't finished them, but I'm already flying through. So here's here are the, the books. The first one is Fearful Fathoms, Volume 1, which is horror stories on seas and oceans. And then there's the second volume, which is Fearful Fathoms, Lakes and Rivers. 
So I actually jumped into the lakes and rivers one first because, as you know, Tom, we lived on Clear Lake in Northern California for about two years. Yeah. And so that one really spoke to me. I read both introductions and, and based on the cover art, and the introductions, I jumped right into the the lake one, and I'm probably about three quarters of the way through. It's so good. The stories are so good. So I wanted to read a piece of the introduction from the lakes one, um, and this is um, written by editor Mark Parker. What is it about lakes, rivers, and ponds? Having spent the bulk of my life on the southeastern coast of Massachusetts, it wasn't just the ocean that held a particular kind of allure for me. I remember some members of my family lived close to a pond, and every summer we'd swim in its warm waters. I remember feeling a wash of apprehension come over me each time I'd step out to where the water was at least up to my waist. I don't know why I grew to feel worried when this would occur, but it was even worse when I ventured out a bit further and then could no longer feel the silty bottom beneath my feet. That drop-off or fall-away feeling never failed to cause a chilling cord of fear to rise up in me as the bottom of the pond would simply no longer be there. It was a feeling that made me fear I'd die on the spot, either by drowning or having something from the pond's depths come up and devour me. What about you? How deep does your fear go? There's something about lakes, rivers, and ponds that always caused me a kind of nauseous fear. But then, at the age of 18, I joined the Navy, and all of that changed. Anyway, he goes on and on, but boy, I'll tell you, like, living on... Clear Lake, I remember going out in the lake and that exact feeling. And it's something to do with not being able to see what's in there. And then you feel these things like maybe it's just like some oh, yeah. plant foliage or something. But you just know what's that, in there. <laughs> that speaks to me like crazy. I hate I hate going into lakes. I didn't like it when we when we would, you know, when Jack, you know, used, we used to have a boat and we we lived in a in a place called what wasn't it Buckingham or something yeah in Kelseyville um, in Kelseyville and there was this you know this uh you know this dock that we would you know dock at we would launch the boat from we would go out there and we, he would always go out obviously in the middle of the lake and we'd be sitting out there and all of a sudden he's like hey guys why don't you go ahead and get in you know and uh, I did not want to go in. I mean, first off, the lake was disgusting in the summertime because there was green crap all in there. And the second thing, too, was just I don't like not knowing what's underneath me. I mean, I've watched and way too many horror flicks. And yeah, I yeah. think that, you know, the thing from... You remember that cover from Tremors? <laughs> For that thing is coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I envision is underneath me. Yeah, well, you don't... <laughs> You don't know how deep the lake is, but you know, the funny thing is even, I remember the first time I went in a black bottom pool and even though you could still see, but I remember there was something because it seemed a little darker, you couldn't see as well. And maybe it was, it was almost nighttime or something, but I remember it freaked that even freaked me out. And I was like, I would yeah, never I didn't like want that either. the black bottom pool, but I just don't like 
not being able to see. And, you know, definitely the same with the ocean. You know, when seaweed's wrapping around your legs, it's like you don't know what that is. In any event, this book has a lot, it it feeds on a lot of those little fears, and it is great. So far, I'm really enjoying the thing. I'm just blasting through it. And I was going to go back and forth between that one and the oceans one, but I haven't gone over to the oceans one yet. I'm just going through the, the lakes one. I think because, like I said, because we lived there, it just seems to speak to me more. But I all of a sudden, I started getting interested in lake monsters. So then I looked up lake monsters, and there's a whole page on Wikipedia that has like a list of famous lake monsters. Obviously, there's there's Loch Ness Monster, but there's a whole ton of them. So we're going to put a, a link in the show notes so you can check them out. But uh, yeah, it's all of a sudden I'm down this rabbit hole, pun intended for Easter, um, looking for lake monsters and these lake stories. And uh, yeah, it's great. Definitely hasn't been disappointing at all. So that's what I had for, for my first thing in my basket. Special bulletin. Early this morning, people all over town have reported unusual sightings in their Easter baskets. Peanut butter Easter eggs. Anyone who knows Easter knows Reese's peanut butter eggs are Easter's best. Two great tastes that taste great together. All dressed up for the holiday. <sighs> Reese's peanut butter Easter eggs. They're getting quite a reception. So my, uh, my second thing for my Easter basket or coming from my Easter basket is of course going to be something virtual reality related. Now, although this isn't anything Easter related, I still believe that these are cool little horror experiences and some of them are are fairly new that just came out. Um actually two of of the the ones which are my top ones are uh really new. Um so, and, and I'm currently playing both of these games right now. So the first game I'm going to mention is Half-Life Alex, And I bring that up. Maybe some people will say, ah, oh, that's not really a horror game. And it really isn't. But the concept of it, uh, the, the point of this game, when you're playing it in VR, it is, it is quite frightening. Um, I'll just give you a little, a little bit about it. Half-Life Alex, uh, you know, came out a couple of weeks ago. It was on March 23rd of, of this year. I'm not really sure if we're going to say it's the, the third uh, rendition of the series. There was obviously a Half-Life uh, 1, which came out in 1998, and Half-Life 2, which came out in 2004. Um, both of those games were huge. And then people literally from 2004 have been waiting for a Half-Life 3 to come out. Well, Valve, who is the maker of the game... They uh, they basically have put out a VR headset called the Valve Index, and they also complemented that with this new game that they announced. And it was hush-hush for a really long time, but I will tell you, if you know anything about the Half-Life series, they have these things called head crabs. And in the trailer, which we'll link in the, in the show notes the there's you're walking through these these this place and you can interact with pretty much every object it's already kind of freaky because it's dark you know you're walking through hallways you don't know what's around every corner they got stuff jumping out but these head crabs jump at you so you could turn one way and when you turn around to look at the 
you know, it from the other way, boom, this head crab attaches to your face, and the only real way to get it off is to take your gun that you have equipped and shoot him off of your face. <laughs> and it, it's pretty freaky. Uh, I will say that it has startled me many times. I'm about halfway through the game, and I'm taking it very slowly um, because I want to enjoy the living heck out of it. I'm trying to explore like every every area as much as I can, but those head crabs are freaky. Alex? Alex! I'm here. So what's the plan? If we can get this weapon, what we're doing here could change things forever. There's no straight shot to the vault. I'm gonna head inside, find a way out. Got it. I'm with you every step of the way. You're gonna need a gun! Don't worry, it's unloaded. It's unloaded now! Combine cannon's really picking up. They know you're coming. You need to get out of here, now. Oh, God. They've got Dad. They're gonna find out what he knows, and then they're gonna kill him. All this is my fault. I never told you. I couldn't. I'm so sorry, baby. You will not save him. Alex Vance alone cannot prevent his fate. Close your eyes, honey! The, the next one I want to bring up, and this is an amazing game. Um, it's by a, a company called Drifter. Uh, it just came out as well on March 31st. Drifter has made so many other uh, types of game. They made one called Gunheart. They've also were responsible for making some of the the Ready Player One experiences in VR. Um, not that had to do with the movie or the book, but they they kind of made like a VR experience. And I think the the piece that they made was fantastic. But they just came out with this game. It's called Lies Beneath. We'll link the trailer as well. Oh, I in saw the show that notes. trailer. That uh, it the is artwork unbelievable. It's really cool. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a survival horror game, um, but it's a comic book based experience. So everything is cell shaded, um, and and I it's just. It's creepy. I'll give you guys a, a sort of the introduction as you're walking through the tutorial. It's showing you, you know, how to how the navigation works, how how you equip your weapons and whatnot. And you get this lighter, and this lighter, uh, the embers coming off the lighter is kind of instructing you on the way that you're supposed to go. So the story as you're walking through comes up in these these comic book like little pieces and it's above like on signposts or it's just it's just sitting there floating in the air and you read through it and then as you read through it stuff starts to happen so this girl crashes in this car with her dad she wakes up and she's standing there and she's trying to find her dad well she can't find her dad but there's this trail of blood that leads into this cave and you're supposed to basically go after her and try to try to find the dad. Well, as you're as you walk into this cave, they tell you to turn on your lighter. So you turn this lighter on, and you're you're going through 
Now imagine yourself in a cave with a lighter. Obviously the lighter's not going to really, you know, light your path all that great. So as you're you're adventuring your way in there, the the lighter starts to flicker and it goes out and when you flick it to turn it back on, there's this girl that has these red eyes that like boom pops right into your face and I it just the theme of this the monsters that are in here the the guns that you get it's so intense everything's coming at you from several different ways uh, it's a fantastic game it's $29.99 on the oculus store and uh, I believe that that they're gonna be coming out with with it on the rift s it came out on the quest first which is what I've been playing on it's an absolutely phenomenal game and it's getting very high ratings as well as half-life Alex um, those are that's the one of the best VR experiences out right now, and I've been in VR for a long time, and hands down, it is the best VR experience. That's Half Life Alex. This Lies Beneath is fantastic as well too. Um, there's another one that I wanted to to bring up, and I'll go through these pretty quick. There's a free one on the Oculus Store. It's called Face Your Fears. Really well done. They do all kinds of different things with this. There's like a Stranger's Things one where this creature's like coming after you. There's a skyscraper. So like if you're afraid of heights, you know, you're going to freak out um, on that. There's a, there's a couple of experiences where you're sitting in this bed and this little kid is like running all around you. And then at the end, he like kind of throws himself in your face there's a claustrophobia one where it like smashes you in this tra trash compactor this isn't this is totally free that sounds so if you have a vr brutal. headset the claustrophobia yeah. one i guarantee you i would not like that especially with that dang it's, vr headset on it's not as bad as you think the the jump scares are the worst um so face your fear is was one, one if there was one where you crawled through like the a sewer like in Shawshank Redemption or like when Bishop was crawling through that tube in Aliens, there's no way that I oh, would yeah. do it. Just watching those that. scenes, I have a hard time. Or like if yeah, you woke I... up in a coffin or something like in uh that movie Buried with Ryan Reynolds, yeah, I just I wouldn't be able yeah, to do it. Yeah, there's no way. I couldn't there's no way I could do that. That even in the Shawshank Redemption, I mean, that gave me such claustrophobia just looking at that. Just thinking. Uh, yeah, as soon as you start yeah. thinking about it, it's like, nope, nope, done. <laughs> well, the, and then the, the last VR experience is Face Your Fears 2, which I don't know why this thing didn't get great ratings. I think it's awesome. They actually created something called the Harvest House, which is it's a haunted house that you go in and, and there's all these different experiences that happen inside this haunted house. Now, it's not insanely freaky, um, but I think people were expecting, you know, several different experiences kind of the way the first one was, and so it uh, it didn't get the best reviews. It has, it has a four-and-a-half star rating, so, I mean, you'd think that's not bad, but it had, a, a you know, only 50 ratings, where if you go to the first one, it has 1,300 reviews and it's it's almost at five stars so i mean that goes to show you that most people like the first one over the second one but i personally think the second one is pretty good because well i like haunted houses so i highly recommend all four of those uh, and that was my my second sort of piece that i had uh in my um easter bunny 
basket. Here comes that Easter time feeling. Thank you, Easter Bunny. Thank you, Easter Bunny. Thanks, Easter Bunny. Thank you, Easter Bunny. Thanks, Easter Bunny. Cool. So again, this, my next thing in my basket, uh, like I said, it's not Easter related. It's just cool stuff that monster lovers like to get in their Easter baskets. Actually, this isn't even really a thing. Um, so that just to give a little pre-story, I think back in our werewolf podcast, which was episode four back in May, I think I brought this book up um, it was one that I found, something I wanted to check out, called Gill's All Fright Diner by A. Lee Martinez. It's about two friends who happen to be a werewolf and a vampire that come across an all-night diner with a zombie problem and maybe more. Well, I ended up buying that book. I read it, and it's great. It was definitely what I wanted it to be, which was a mix of like humor and horror, and I loved it. Well... What I have in my basket here is some news about that book, and it turns out that DreamWorks Animation and Barry Sonnenfeld, who used to be the Coen Brothers cinematography uh, cinematographer, and then he went on to direct the two Adams Family films from the 90s. He did 1997's Men in Black, 1995's Get Shorty, which is not monster-related, but it's one of my favorites of his films. And who was also behind two of the Tick shows and also the Netflix recent series, Series of Unfortunate Events. He is set to direct the animated adaptation of Gil's All Fright Diner. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Um, We'll link the article from SlashFilm.com about that. It gives a little more information. Not a ton. It still looks like it's in pretty early stages. But in any event, it's Barry Sonnenfeld. It's this book. So I'm pretty excited to see um, what they do with it. So that was the next thing that I had in my basket. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to check the book out because I I haven't. Maybe I should read the book before I watch it on Netflix. I don't know if you'd love it. No, yeah, you would. There's funny stuff, but it's not like ridiculous humor. It's more of like like pulp fiction humor like real life just funny stuff like crazy things happen but it's also it's werewolves and ghosts and zombies and vampires live in this regular world it's basically the earth and these monsters are part of of the world uh so that's what i liked about it i love that Hmm. idea so yeah no i I don't know it sounds neat. I'll, I'll probably hold off if the Netflix series comes out and probably probably try to read the book. Then I will say this: um, they describe the in the on the back of the book. It says bloodier than fried green tomatoes, funnier than the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that describes oh, it. Gee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that sums it up right there. Yeah. Yeah. What she doing, Bunny? Painting the perfect egg. Painting eggs? At my house, Mom brings holiday chocolate. Want one? Colors as pretty as my eggs. Mm. 
Holiday's chocolates. Delicious milk chocolate in pastel-colored shells. May I suggest something? I'm all ears. Give Holiday's. There's nothing like Holiday's for your holidays from the makers of M&M's chocolate candies. Oh, and another thing. They don't break. Well, uh, speaking of books, I'll, I'll shoot in a, a couple of books that, that I found. Um, we'll first start with uh, Stephen King. I found a a website of all the comic books that Stephen King uh, was either involved with or they took some of his stories and made them into Stephen King, so he's involved with them. Uh, we will... Uh, did I already say we are going to put this in the show notes? We'll put it in the show notes. I'll just say it again. Um, but anyways, uh, th- this list is amazing. Um you got stuff from like that's called American Vampire. You know, obviously the Creep Show comic books. I mean, those were all awesome. That's one the Dark that I Tower want series. To get. I definitely want to get that Creep Show comic book. Oh yeah, it, you you should. The uh, even the Dark Tower series. You know, maybe some people didn't like it. Some people did. Uh, I think the Dark Tower series is awesome. I'm these comic books have all high rankings. Um, then they have the stand where they did, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of stuff. Uh, the talisman, um, I just thought it was a, is a cool collection of, of Stephen King's comic books that, uh, probably my favorite out of all of them would probably be the creep show ones. Uh, the artwork in them are, are pretty good. They're back from, you know, in like 1980s. Um, but I think they're fantastic. Um, the other book that I wanted to bring up was one that you and I, you know, we love and we bring up many times, I think, or have brought up many times in in some of our, our podcasts, and that is the Rise of the Guardians uh, collection. Oh, yeah. And one of the books in there is about, uh, it says E period, A-S-T-E-R, basically supposed to be Easter, and then Bunnymond is the last name. And I read this book. So it's uh, Bunnymond and the Warrior Eggs at the Earth's Core. And it basically goes into the whole story about how the Easter Bunny, um, you know, came about. The whole ancient portion of of the, uh, the way the Easter Bunny is. He's basically a badass in this in this uh in this book so and i don't know if you've gotten to this one yet mike no uh, i haven't but this one it, it the whole series is by william joyce he does a terrific job um but yeah i i pulled up there's a link on of course i always shoot to a fandom website it's called rise of the guardians.fandom.com and it even has like kind of a a, a, a sort of a breakdown on easter bunny mend here uh it talks about you know what's his what's his full name his occupation uh it, it says he's obviously the easter bunny and then he's a guardian of hope uh he's a good character um it, it shows his affiliations his minions are walking easter eggs uh and uh basically the enemy which i don't want to go into too crazy bit but it's pitch is the name of the enemy that they fight against. Um, his powers are that he he opens holes underground. 
and uh, and then also plant manipulation. So he obviously could do things with plants. Uh, his equipment is a is an enchanted boomerang and exploding Easter eggs. So I kind of wanted to throw just sort of a kind of a monster sort of Monday aspect to to this, but this book is great. Um, the voice actor who does does it in the movie The Rise of the Guardians. Uh, was Hugh Jackman, uh, which I did not know, but now I do. Uh, and, yeah, highly recommend this book, if not the whole collection. But this was just one of the books in the collection about the Easter Bunny that uh, I thought was neat. Um, yeah, one remember other thing- how I was saying at the beginning of the podcast how my my interests go so quickly. Well, I started reading this collection, and then it's... I jumped to something else. I don't know what. <laughs> it may have been 18 Wheels of Science Fiction. I can't remember. But I probably have like 30 books on my end table, and I'll just like get into something else. I'll go to that end table. Actually, I probably won't even go to the end table. I'll go back into the office, go into my library, and pull out a different book and just add it to my end table books. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah the, eventually, the, the, I'll get back to that dang thing. The bad part about it is that when Mike and I start doing research on topics that we want to talk about for the podcast, we we're bouncing all over the place because we want to have a variety of things that we talk about. And then all of a sudden, the moment we start talking about something or we research something like just last week, uh, we were talking about, uh, what's coming up on this next, uh, monster Monday. And, um, we all of a sudden got into pirate ships <laughs> and, and all of the stuff that's well, going that's on with that. The funny thing is, uh, we got. I was uh, I was wanting to read something about pirate ships or oceans, so that's when I was like, "Oh, I gotta check out that dang fearful fathoms." And then I got more into the sequel book about lakes. <laughs> so yeah, then I, I started getting into all these lake monsters. Uh, it's kind of crazy. I probably have ADHD. If when we were kids, if they knew what it was, they'd probably have said that I had it. Yeah, I probably have it as well. Introducing new Easter candies from Brock's. Just an egg picking second. Chicks and rabbits. Always chicks and rabbits. What's so new about this? Well, how about our new Easter bunny? Him? Ho, ho. That's rich. Try one of these, duck. Gad, Zeus. A genuine Easter duck. Somebody's using the old noodle. This year, Easter's more fun with me and the whole Looney Tunes gang from Brock's. Look for the Brock's Easter display and you could win a giant Looney Tunes kite. Thank you. Are you on your last item? Do you yeah, want me to I'm throw on my the last? My, so I'll throw my last item out real quick. Um, and I lo- I love these guys. And I like I said, I I'm sure I brought this up on a past podcast, but it's worth mentioning again. Uh, it's Atmos Effects. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, it's not really scary, but this is where we get some of our our digital decorations for Halloween is on this website, but just for more a simplistic sort of thing, or even for the holiday that's coming up, they have a one called a Hoppy Easter, and uh, it, it it has um, a whole bunch of digital decorations of the Easter Bunny, kind of, you know, painting eggs and doing magical sort of things with eggs. It's not, like I said, it's not scary, um, but it's fun. There's a trailer uh, that they have. It's $20 for this decoration collection. And you could you could put your projector 
uh, you know, with a sheet in a window and shine it out the window so all the, the people can see that you have the Easter Bunny at your house. Um, I just thought I'd mention it. I thought it was a cool little little thing because I do like this company. We don't get anything from this. We're not advertising for them. I just like their company. They do a good job with all the Halloween content. And I was looking, you know, looking at this website and saw... Uh, that they have an Easter one. So anybody who's into the digital decorations, highly recommend uh, checking this out, as well as just checking out the the haunted stuff because they got some unbelievable stuff that, like I said, um, we've mentioned many times in the past past podcasts. But yeah, I mean that that's basically what I have for all of what was in my Easter basket that I was uh, hunting around for. I mean. When you when when you and I both were talking about this task of trying to go out and find stuff, I mean it's so easy to get yourself caught up, and and uh, I, I I we could go on for days with with all of the things that are that are um, out there, but these are the the things that I wanted to mention and um, you should check out. Yeah, these were just like the first things, the kind the stuff that I was just kind of into in the last like week, so I didn't even really do like. A search. They were just things that I was already looking at in the last week. So that's what I had in my basket. And the last thing that I have in my basket is a good one. Um, we teased it at the beginning of the show with music from Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. And while this isn't new news, it's still exciting and developing news. So here it is. According to numerous sources, Universal Studios announced a new theme park coming to their Orlando result, and it's going to be called Epic Universe. Um, Now, according to these sources and different drawings and stuff, it's going to include lands based on the Fantastic Beasts franchise, the How to Train Your Dragon movies, Super Nintendo... And maybe you already guessed it or you already know it, but one land is going to be dedicated solely to classic universal monsters of the 30s and 40s. And let oh, me that's tell you, gonna be sweet. it looks awesome. So according to the article on Nerdist.com, which we'll link in the show notes, there's another one as well. We'll link as well. Um, but according to the Nerdist one, Uh, The land will be themed to look like the European villages of the classic films uh, like 1931's Frankenstein and others. They have that European village they shot on the Universal backlot. So I guess the land is going to look kind of like that. And in some of the drawings, it looks like Castle Frankenstein is towering over the village um, and that or it could be the old windmill. It's it's not for certain the windmill from the climax of the Frankenstein movie. Um, um, and then, Oh wait, I don't know if that's, so it looks, I think castle Frankenstein was one. And then there was either the windmill or it's, it's the watchtower where Dr. Frankenstein created the monster. You can't totally tell. Um, but again, in, on this site and there's, there's a video on there and it shows pictures of the maps. You can kind of, kind of make out what it is. Um, Now, according to that video, there's going to be at least two main attractions. One of them may be a Frankenstein ride, and and they think that it might be that because it's in what looks to be like a Frankenstein-like castle. And then another ride 
um, they're saying is probably going to be a high tech dark ride, which they call a G three a G three Robo coaster. And in the video, they kind of show what that coaster looks like and what it's going to do, and it looks pretty sweet. So definitely check out the video. Um, there's Jesus, an expand- this, I'm watching the video right now, and yeah, this looks it, like it's going to be huge. Yeah, and then there's so then there's a second phase where there's an expansion plot and they're thinking that there may be a boat ride themed on 1954's Creature from the Black Lagoon. If they do that, <laughs> oh man, dude, that'd be great. I'm telling you like it's it's so it sounds so awesome. Then there's it looks like there's an outdoor amphitheater or something, so there's probably going to be some shows, maybe like a Waterworld type show they were saying. Um but but we'll also include like I said there's another site that has information it's called orlandoparkstop.com and they have a bunch of artwork that was in that video that you're watching right now tom and it looks i'm telling you it looks awesome if they so they're showing pieces in this video that are you know showing like the the streets of in frankenstein when he's walking down after he threw that little girl into the water and then he he's walking into town sort of they showed that street and then they they showed the the castle i'm pretty sure that was dracula's castle dude if they have that oh, i'm going to have to take you. a trip to florida because I'm t- I, I mean I will, these maps look amazing i'll go to florida just for that i mean I'll, i already wanted to go to florida just because of the universal studios classic monsters cafe which like I don't know why Hollywood doesn't have it. We had um it was a, a Universal Monsters walkthrough and then they changed it to The Walking Dead, which is fine. I like The Walking Dead, but man, I wish we had the dang walk the monster walkthrough again. Then they could have done the oh. built the cafe right across the, the way from there. But they have some that, other that, eatery there. So they they showed in here that it is going to be that windmill. They just they show it in the video. They point to it. They show the picture of the windmill, and then they point to it of where it's going to be on the map. So that castle is also Castle Frankenstein. So they, I think they're going to recreate this whole area and just yeah, have it all I mean, packed in there. And it looks like there's like foliage and stuff. So there's got to be some Wolfman stuff in there. I mean, I really, I really hope, I and I think that they're going to do a good job on this. It, it's unfortunate that Universal struggled with their whole dark universe thing, like with the mummy, and I don't even the new Invisible Man. It's like, I don't know, it's like Sleeping with the Enemy, that Julia Roberts movie that came out in the 90s, but it's an Invisible Man. I don't know, it's just, to me, I haven't seen it, it may be really good. But to me, it just didn't look like what I wanted to see in an Invisible Man movie. However, um, Paul Feig, who he was behind the TV series Freaks and Geeks, and he directed uh, 2011's Bridemaids. He wrote and directed the 2016 film Ghostbusters. Well, he's set to write and direct a movie called Dark Army, and what this is what he says he says he's right now he's in rewrites but he claims that this film won't really be horror but rather an old school true monster movie from the classic universal days and it's supposed to have a bunch of the monsters in it now i don't know 
We'll see. I, I'm well, really, says, really hoping that they do it right. I really hope, I hope that so. they do it right. I mean, it it says it says it's gonna. The park is expected to open in 2023. Uh, yeah, wow. So we have and to I mean, go. everything, everything in this video is showing. They're showing the stuff from the movie, you know, like Frankenstein and the Wolfman and the Bride of Frankenstein and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. And then they're pointing to the pieces on the color map that they have as to where that object is going to be. So it's like a whole, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, I hope this happens. Yeah, no, for sure. But we'll put links to it so you could check it out. Check out the video, look at the artwork, and then all we'll also put in a link for the the Dark Army movie that I was just talking about as well. Slashfilm.com did a, a whole thing on it. So But yeah, that's what I had in my uh haunted Easter basket. Alright, cool. Well we hope you all have a happy Easter. Um, so to close and to piggyback on the cool Universal Monsterland news, we're going to play the opening from our favorite Universal Monster movie, and uh, that is 1943's Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. Um, this is by Hans J. Salter, and uh, yeah, whenever I hear it, it definitely gets me into the monster mood. So uh, here you go. So have a great, a great evening. Happy Easter. And we'll meet up again soon in the pumpkin patch. (laughs) ¶¶